0: What's up all you wine hoes? I'm Liz. And I'm Saib. And this is
1: Overburden's Screw. Oh. Alright, let's get into it. What is up wine hoes? What's
0: up wine hoes? Today, <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like never witnessed this before. No. He's like, this Have you amazing.
2: watched any of our Instagram? I heard. I, heard one. No. <laughs> I haven't seen the in- I don't check Instagram that much. I only like Check if people are looking at me. I'm like not interested. <laughs> and <laughs> then like the first four people that show up on my thing, and then I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> Back to hinge or something. <laughs> <Practically.
0: Anyways>. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> what's
1: up, wine hose? What is up, wine hose?
0: Would you like to say hi to the wine hose?
2: What's up, wine hose? I, I feel like I can't say that. I don't own it. It's, it's not so like funny because
1: like a lot of guys that come on the show have said they feel like they can't say wine hose, but I feel like yeah. it's a beautiful word. No. I, it
2: is, but it's just like I'm like. Can I say hoes? Like, am I without? I mean, like... do you like wine? Yeah, then you're, a wine, you're a wine hoe. I mean, I, how much do I have to like wine to be a wine hoe? Like, um,
0: is it... a, even just like the slightest amount.
2: All right, I'm a wine. I'm a wine hoe. <laughs> cool, well,
0: thanks. welcome, thanks. welcome, right. welcome to the wine hoe community. Cool. <laughs> um, well, as you can hear, we have a very special guest. Today's guest is a Latinx visual artist dancing between realism and caricature. His oil paintings tell vulnerable and inspirational stories from his childhood and present day.
1: His works have been exhibited in the Queens Museum, the Sculpture Center, the Art Institute of Chicago, Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago, and many, many more. We're so excited to <laughs> welcome our neighbor and friend, Aaron Mayer-Cartero. Did I say your no, last you name? Oh, you did! Right? did I? Wow! <laughs> wow! Damn!
2: You know, I had an artist talk, and I'm gonna throw my my gallery director guy under the, the bus, but he fucking butchered my name. Oh, <laughs> really? So how did he say it? <laughs> he said, well, everybody always says either Meyer or Meyer, so he said Meyer, and then Carretero, He said Caratera? Careta? I can't even remember what the fuck he said, but it was, like, really bad. He he was nervous, so he kind of just rushed through it, and oh, it just no. sounded like, yeah. Mm. But you, you got it. Fluent. This, yeah. Fluent. Not even, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, thank goodness I said it when I'm sober because I feel like we're going to be drinking and I don't know if <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I would have pronounced it as well. <laughs> Just
2: call
0: me Aaron.
1: Well, let's crack open this wine. Oh my gosh. We had the hardest time opening this wine.
0: <laughs> when we opened the wine, Aaron said it was like a performance art. This wine bottle had melted wax on the top and usually there's like a tab that you can like easily open the wax, but um, it did not have a tab. So when we opened it, all this cork came in and then to filter all of the cork out with coffee filters so this wine is a product of savannah and my performance art
1: (laughs) well cheers. cheers we are drinking a 2019 tank red blend this is mostly a cabernet sauvignon but there's some other stuff in there too
0: and we picked this wine because it says make art or what does it say
1: um, it it does say make art. It's it says a bunch of different things. It says make love, make art, make out, and make money.
2: Ooh, <laughs> that's my new artist statement. Yeah, <laughs> this is good.
0: I haven't tried you it. You like I it?
2: Mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't like not like it. I I think that's how I measure wine is like Yeah, doing. you little wine hoe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I met Aaron through a mutual friend, Dapple. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? You're like who? Where was I? Like, what
2: is Are we hi- are we hiding something from the police or something? Like, what? <laughs> Did we need to have a conversation before this? <laughs>
0: Dapple, yeah. Dapple is Aaron's dog. She's a beautiful. How how big is she? She's a how-
2: hundred and. Her weight fluctuates. She's like one thirty-five right now. She's, She's
0: a one thirty-five pound Dane. Great Dane yeah. that loves to steal Aaron's sweaters. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that's how we met through Dapple. Yeah, Dapple and I met in the elevator, and um, then she introduced us, and yeah. <laughs>
2: For the record, I can make my own <laughs> friends. Like, I don't need a dog to, like, make friends for me. But, yeah, I, uh, that's kind of how it happened.
0: Dapple
1: yeah. thinks otherwise, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, take us back before you got Dapple. Before you moved to L.A., like, where did your journey with art start?
2: I, I started making art, like, in high school. I was really into, like, doing drugs. So, like, art just kind of felt natural. Like, like smoke weed and, like, the straw and, make you know, stuff. I had these, like moments it was actually one moment in particular where I was like in class and painting class and I got out and like I, I like I wasn't on drugs but I like everything felt like it like I was like looking at all of these plants and colors and it was just like really vibrant and I was like wow this is <laughs> this is weird but this is great and this feels special so fast forward to like college so I ended up going to this art school um the school Art 2 Chicago And I was still like just pursuing like this academic thing to like figure out what it meant to be an artist. But it wasn't until I left and was like on my own and started meeting actual people in New York who were artists that Mm -hmm. I figured out that you could do it and like make money. But I didn't know actually how to do it, I just knew that you could. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then it became what it is now by like just making art over and over and over again and like failing and Mm.
0: so when did it turn into a career for you
2: it turned into this thing where i knew i was going to be able to figure it out but i just didn't know when and how and i was super impatient and so i started bringing everybody i could that was close to me that felt like they were like gatekeepers or people who knew how to like get access to the art world or museums or anything so i started talking to them about like what you know, what did I need to do? What did I need to like, who do I need to meet? And what I figured out was that I just needed to like make good art and then meet people who would be willing to come check out my art. They could have like either a gallery or uh, put me onto a show. What it came down to was just me doing it all on my own. Like, like I had to, like, I funded my own first show. I funded my own like artwork and, and like, paid out of pocket had a job that allowed me to buy all this shit and put it all together yeah that's what I realized that like I could do it but it's gonna have to just be me pushing the entire way and then like meeting nice people following up with them and then like maybe something will happen and it it eventually did like Mm -hmm. I started posting shit on IG and people would reach out and I would start selling things Mm. and then it became bigger when I got got some shows and like group shows and shit like that Mm. and
1: can we get a little bit more into that? Like, I, I personally, and we talked a little bit about this before, but like, I personally don't understand, like, how does someone make it as an artist? Like, what does the art industry look like? And what ladder do you kind of have to climb to be successful?
2: There's a lot of different ways that you can do it. But the way that I've been able to, so I've worked in the Phillips collection, and it's like... a collection that has like Van Gogh, Rembrandt, you know, Monet, Mm -hmm. and and Cezanne. Where is it? In D.C. Yeah, so it's Phillips collection in D.C. It's the first modern museum in the country. The way that I got in there was um, there was a juried invitational, and it was to anybody in the DMV, and I think like six or 700 artists applied. Mm -hmm. And from that, um, this is the first time they'd ever done this, by the way, in like their hundred years. So it was like a centennial, like, hey... Let's just do this this mm-hmm. year, you know, like fuck it, COVID, like why not? Mm-hmm. So they did this call and like a bunch of people applied, and um, I was selected among like 60 other artists that were selected from that big group of like 700 or 600, six, 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 700 artists. Mm-hmm. From that, they actually acquisitioned, um, I think it was like six artists from that group of 60. So it's an even smaller pool, right? Wow. I met some of the people who like, were encouraging the the curators and the um, director and all that to, you know, like, which art they, you know, should pick out out of the group of artists and stuff. And I think they did a pretty good job of, like, selecting work that I feel like I was, I like, I was, like, this is great. Like, I can see the merit in all of these artists. Like, everybody was good on some level, right? Mm-hmm. But then I feel like from that group of, like, really good artists, you have, like, people who, um, who I think just in some way or form displayed a a level of maturity and like individualism in their work and I think that is really what it comes down to when a museum is acquiring work because I also worked for the Smithsonian for like seven years Mm. so I was pretty close to a lot of acquisition processes and things like that and so what you're looking for is like why does this need to be collected why is this special you know and that's a hard question to answer But Mm -hmm. you hope that the people who are answering that question, the curators and the directors and the the patrons of the museum, that they like have seen enough to be able to say this. It's like, why would you select one wine over the other? Like you've had Mm -hmm. a lot of wine and then you can say, well, this one just hits different. You know, it's (laughs) like this one is just like, I don't know, it's complex. It has, you know, and so you can get into the specifics. Mm -hmm. But that's really what I think it comes down to. That, or, like, you just have some kind of, you know, why would a, a wine jump at you more than any other? It could be because somebody recommended it. Somebody was like, hey, you got to try this wine, and you trust that person.
0: Mm-hmm. So a lot of... But I will say, like, wine, obviously, we all have different palettes too, and I right. can imagine all these people that are looking at this work have different palettes in art. yeah. So yeah. do they make, like, these people on these panels, do they make sure that they have different tastes and in art or are most of them mostly the have the same opinions and you know I mean
2: there are a lot of them are drinking from like I'm still using this wine analogy <laughs> but like a it. lot so of wine, them are or still I mean I feel like a lot of them are still kind of going to the same stores to buy their wine so those stores like like these schools that pump out art these graduate mm. programs like these like histories that are available largely are kind of consumed by everybody so like there's Mm. a there is a level of homogeneity in the work Mm -hmm. and in the like ideas around art but you know people try to like go outside of themselves and try different things and and bring in different like you know um a lot of women a lot of non-white people non-white men Uh, For a long time, we're not invited to these conversations. We're not Mm -hmm. collected. We're not considered in that same way. So, like, as social issues come up, things become, like, more visible. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully that trickles into these museums. And it kind of has been. I mean, for a while now, I mean, not a while, but more recently, you can see a lot more um, non-white figurative art, identity-based work, work. women and and non-white people being you know selected for museums positions and things like that and then they can say hey like I'm gonna put you on to this and like let's you know check out this work or we you know so that that it does happen but it's slow it's really Mm -hmm. slow because Mm -hmm. it's just there's a lot of bureaucracy in in all of it Mm -hmm. you know and and it's unfortunate but it's kind of just how it is
1: yeah Do you think there's any truth to the starving artist stereotype?
2: I don't know, man. I hate that artists have to starve in order to like, like I I resent that sort of idea because where that comes from, on my like, in the way that I understand it, in the way that I've experienced it, is a lack of preparation from the schools. Mm. Like you go to art school and they don't teach you hardly anything about how to market yourself, how to make it as an artist. to succeed they're focused hyper focused on the actual process of making art which is great if you have tons of money and money isn't a problem Mm -hmm. but when you leave like i did you know what the fuck to do you're like how do i fucking pay back all this money that i just took loans out for how do i you know make an art career happen and and they they're just like well we have a alumni career center and you can visit that and you're Mm -hmm. like the fuck am i like Mm -hmm. wait in line with everybody else to just figure out how the fuck to start my life as an artist (laughs) So it actually ends up being like a weeding process. It, it, it really kind of separates. Like a lot of what the art world is, is this separation of the pack. And like, it's this process of weeding out people who are obsessed versus people who are interested or want to do it or have the like tools, but they don't, they lack that unwavering desire to like do it no matter what. Like mm-hmm. if, if you were like locked in a basement, would you make art? You know, like, would you do that no matter what? Hmm. That's that kind of mentality that unfortunately is what's going to take you across the finish
0: line in the art world. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like acting here too. Like a lot of actors were kind of weeded out of LA because um, of the pandemic and all of these roles Mm -hmm. like disappearing and a lot of them moved out, you know? So yeah, yeah, I can see that how that has similarities and just like art and entertainment in general.
2: It, I think it comes with good and bad things, but I think ultimately it's a product of capitalism because it's like this mm. pressure cooker mm. where you like, we want the best. We want something that is going to shine and like just be super eye catching and compelling and marketable. And like, that's only going to come from somebody who's obsessed, mm-hmm. you know? And like, if you're not obsessed, you can still do these things. It's just hard to monetize. Yeah. You know, a gallery walks into a space, they want to see product. They want to see that they can sell and if you've got a lot of things that they can sell and you're producing it like a factory then they're happy mm-hmm. not all galleries are like that but I, I definitely know galleries that are and you know so that delays the process and puts strain and you know people are like oh, i don't want to sell out and it's like well you kind of have to, to a certain extent mm-hmm. you know you can make your peace with it right. but like don't get all tight if you want to make money off of this shit that's what capitalism is like art is not about making money art is about art
0: Mm -hmm. but then
2: when it becomes commodified it's this perfect commodity because it's just like i can do this thing and we say it's worth a million dollars and then people buy it and then it is worth a million dollars but it's just this little thing and how do you measure it's like you know Mm. like a weird fucking commodity
1: yeah interesting it's so interesting the art world is so fascinating yeah it's
0: so yeah like what they say is (laughs)
1: valuable and like I I mean, yeah, just like walking into museums and like, I could look at something on a wall and be like, I don't understand what this is, but it's worth so much money, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's very interesting. It's interesting that you say to,
0: um, that they're just, a lot of these artists are just pumping out, pumping out paintings or whatever their art is. And it's, you would think that the price would reflect the like scarcity of their Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. instead of. The commodity of it, if that makes sense? It does.
2: It does sometimes. So, like, uh, I don't produce a lot of work. And I was talking to the gallery that I work with and they were telling me, look, one of the things that, you know, we like about you is that you don't produce a lot. And, like, sometimes that works to your advantage because if you do produce a lot, then all of a sudden the market gets flooded with your work and that can affect your prices. Mm. So, if you're, like, kind of slow and methodical, like, it's helpful because then that creates a demand because you're just unable to produce, like... A massive amount, and so people just have to wait. There's tons, but then of bar- you're
0: waiting for your paycheck.
2: Well, not necessarily, because there's ways around that. Like one, you could sell the work for more money because there's higher value, and then people will like put things like um, like there's wait lists that people be mm. like, I want mm. the next work that that person produces, or you know. And I know artists who have wait lists for for years. They've got like year long wait wow. lists, you know, with 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 uh, potential collectors. I mean, and not, you know, just because you're an artist selling through a gallery doesn't mean that you're going to like be able to live off your art. There's a lot of artists who still have like day jobs, Mm -hmm. even though they're like, you know, very respected, well-known because they just, the work, they don't have either don't make paintings because paintings are the number one thing that sell on Mm -hmm. like in galleries or um, they just produce really slow or they don't really care about like selling that much. Hmm. They're more just like, you know,
1: Hmm. yeah. Well, let's dig into your work a little bit more. Um, Liz and I got to go to your show in DTLA. I'm so honored that we got to go. Yeah, it was we, amazing. We yeah. walked in and we like were looking at all the pieces. We are like, oh my gosh, he's so
0: good. Yeah, and just so our listeners know too, Aaron was like the main section of the exhibit and mm-hmm. he was like the biggest one too, so it was <laughs> awesome to see. yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks but, like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're like okay thanks
2: I am awesome yeah <laughs> there we yes, go. Oh, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always uncomfortable like with the uh but I appreciate that yeah thank you like secretly in my my bedroom I'm like screaming in my pillow like "You're fucking wrong,
0: fucking
1: <laughs> fucking wrong.
0: wrong.
2: Like, maybe, but um yeah and no, I I you guys coming
0: can you tell us like your process uh, not necessarily like specifically those works but just like your process overall of like, how you start and finish a painting mm-hmm.
2: yeah it changes every time that that's like the so one of the most common questions i get because i have like um if you look at an artist's work like you see a van gogh or you see like a banksy you kind of are like oh i know that that makes sense like that's their type of style like they have a, a style I jump around a lot. Like, I do like very, like, my style is like I, I borrow from or I steal or whatever from like a lot of different, like, very representational, like, well rendered things, like close to like photorealism, then like super, like, childlike scribbling, you know, cartoonish mm-hmm. shit. And I, what I'm doing with that and why, I, you know, I, I get asked that all the time, like, why do you have such a variant in style? And like, what is that about? And really, it's about me just trying to figure out how to make something that's interesting. And so when I'm starting from nothing, I'm usually looking at memories, um, drawing, like I was drawing you guys the other day, mm-hmm. photographs, and, and drawings that I do from all of this stuff. Um, and then I, I create these compositions. So I'll, I'll just like be like, I'm, for some reason, it has to be something that just like, a subject or a thing that is like has this feeling and it's this feeling of like attraction and I'm like it's not like a physical attraction where I'm like oh I want this thing it's like I just can't stop thinking about this thing and there's something troubling about it and then there's something also like just fascinating or it's like a, a little enigma and so when I have that feeling about something someone or a moment or a memory I can fixate on it. And usually it's like within that, there's like a ball of like interest. And so once I have that, I can create this image of whatever that thing is or create like a a thing around it. And that becomes like an armature. So if you're thinking like sculpture, like an armature to like build a figure around, you would have like just a skeleton, right? So it's like a, a very solid sort of drawn out, but you know, a skeleton, is just bones. It's not like colorful, fleshy, you know, round. It's just very, you know, direct. So once I have that armature drawn out or like fleshed out onto a canvas, that's more or less how I begin. And then I start like kind of like building a house, like adding more layers until I get to the details. Mm. So I'll like, right now, the approach that I'm taking is like I'll create a composition with the line drawing. And then I'll use, like, a very sort of washed out, super thin paint to just broad stroke, like, areas of color and try them out. And, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, things that I'm like, oh, I want to see that color. I want to try this color. Sometimes I'll do flower, um, like, or, like, little still lifes and stuff. And that's, like, an experiment because it's, like, it's just a flower thing. It's not hard to just fuck up. And, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. it's not precious. So, yeah, and then I start building and building and I fail and I try different things. And and then sometimes the idea just goes totally awry and it, it just takes a totally different direction. But that's because like it's not working and my intuition is telling me it wants to go somewhere else. So if I was to wrap all of that into a metaphor, I think of it like being lost in the woods and it's dark and I don't know how to get out and I don't know how big the woods are but I know that I just have to like pick a direction and go and like try and figure out how to get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I do is like, I just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other in the painting, try something. If it doesn't work, try another thing until the whole thing is resolved. Mm -hmm. And then once it's resolved, it's this feeling of it being balanced. Mm -hmm. It's like everything has been thoughtful, thoughtfully um, rendered or, or, or like, you know, there's like a balance in, in, in like, light and dark and intensity and like nothingness and you know just feels very balanced
1: where do you like where do you draw inspiration from in your pieces
2: it's changing so for a while it used to be my family and all of this like sort of pent-up pain and suffering that i'd gone through through my like parents divorce and Mm -hmm. my own struggles with my identity um You know being male non-white but also white and like all of these different things Mm -hmm. so uh, that was like this feeling of like i was talking about earlier but that feeling of like unresolved but like attraction but also like this uneasiness like that was able to hold my attention in the work and so i realized that after a while i didn't have to just focus on myself like i could find that in like people and like other things and the materials themselves Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking more at like just other things that like I can find that feeling in and Mm -hmm. stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. A lot of the paintings that we saw in your exhibit were very, very vulnerable pieces from your childhood specifically. Mm -hmm. Do you get nervous about putting those on display or potentially somebody like buying that?
2: I try not to think about it. I mean, when I'm asked about it, I get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't (laughs) mean to bring this on. (laughs) Ah! Um, (laughs) no i'm fine i i like um it's it's this thing where i had to have these conversations with my mom and my sister because i don't really talk Mm. to my dad about uh, Mm. anything and i i realized you know it's different for both of them my mom in a lot of ways has sort of been able to just be proud and be like wow like you've turned all of this shitty stuff into like art that's pretty beautiful Uh, and you're making money that's great um (laughs) my royalties no uh, (laughs) and then my sister is like you know this is beautiful but i can't look at it you know because it's it's so palpable and like it's an experience that she had too you know and a lot of it what i'm talking about is like domestic violence that we both experienced um and like uh you know it's mostly that stuff like that Mm -hmm. that physical Mm -hmm. and, and and emotional pain around that so when i'm talking about it um i'm able to step outside of it with the public because i can i can see how we're not special in that regard like domestic violence is something that just happens to a lot of people and same thing with identity and, and race and all of that and so i can pull my own experience into this larger conversation which is about being human and unfortunately like a lot of people are able to like connect to that and well fortunately and fortunately but the it does get kind of tough when I'm talking to my showing it to my family because I know that it's it's just it's so real for them it's their Mm -hmm. life story too so that's another reason that I'm kind of like all right well I've kind of you know I'm beat that drumming off like let me move on to some other like areas of um uh, like, subject matter, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, make art around, because it it gets a little boring, too, after a while. Like, I think it's not boring. It's just, like, I've said what I need to say, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, like, mm-hmm. if those conversations are just going to live there in people's homes, like, that's fine, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I they'll live with me in some way, and I still have images of them. So, like, mm-hmm. they're, I don't know. It's kind of, like, they're at, they're at peace in a way.
0: Yeah, did you find, like, painting about those memories did you find it therapeutic or like some sort of coping mechanism for you when you were painting all this or or was it just to kind of be like hey I'm human and show the world
2: yeah I was really embarrassed at first you know Mm -hmm. I was like oh god here I am like putting my own personal diary like I was so mean to myself I was so mean and then like um it became this thing where it was like all right look you know like it is what it is at this point. Like, just fucking accept it and move on. Like, if you if this is what you need to do in order to, like, help you earn your stripes and to move on to the next level of work, then, like, let's fucking do it. And the the whole catharsis of it and, like, therapeutic aspect coincided with my own therapy and seeing a therapist and dealing with my fuck shit. So, in a way, it wasn't just, like, me crying into, like, a diary and like being mean to myself about that, it was about like me accepting that I'm being mean to myself and like just still doing it anyways. Mm -hmm. And like then unpacking why I'm being mean to myself and where does that come from? You know, like, so it it is like a a therapy thing, but it also is like a thing that it's like, at some point I want to grow from and, and move on because I, I don't, I don't think that I'm the only thing that I'm interested in. Like, I don't think my life is the only thing that I'm interested in. I'm interested in the world around me too. Mm -hmm. So I want to give that space and and give that, you know, attention.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. It is really beautiful. And I think it's really beautiful what you said about your paintings, living in people's home is a conversation starter. And you've kind of made peace with that aspect of it. I love that.
2: I'm just glad that they do. Like, I don't know if I could Mm -hmm. do that. I would just feel like, I just would rather take the, flower painting instead (laughs) like (laughs) just give me something you know like maybe it's because like they i don't know they want to be able to have those conversations and they can't or they they just there's something there i think for them that like i'm already dealing with and don't need anymore Mm -hmm. and like i just would rather not you know Mm. spend money on that Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so what is art in your opinion oh god because we were just making a wine concoction and (laughs) With I a coffee filter, with a coffee filter, and I thought that was art. So what do you I, think? No,
2: I think there's some truth to that, and I'll argue. I'll argue for you that okay. art. There's there's art, and then there's good art, mm-hmm. and I think I'll classify them separately. So for me, art is about ingenuity and being able to be like, given a. A thing, a problem, a situation, and there's some level of grace and inventiveness, creativity, all kind of coalescing into an act. And so, like, cooking or driving or pouring wine, like being cl- like in that moment, you had this problem, right? Here's this wine that's filled with all this kind of crap, and then like you're pouring it, and then all of a sudden it becomes this different act of like filtering the wine but then there's these sort of metaphors that you can make and i'm stretching because this is like (laughs) just the thing that happened it wasn't like it's intention too right so like a big thing about like um you know like when art gets broken by like warhol with his soup cans or duchamp with his toilet um you know these moments in art history where people are like is this art and it's like yeah it's art because people say it is okay fine if Mm -hmm. that's the base then anything is art but if we want to like look a little bit more into like what that means i think it's it's intention with a level of creativity and inventiveness imagination uh skill is definitely involved and so you displayed all of that in like pouring the wine (laughs) into the (laughs) decanter um what i think defines good art though like art that i would say is what stays around for like hundreds of years and like becomes like a classic or something like that like lots of people have different ideas about why that happens but I think that happens because what has been unlocked is something that resonates with every generation because it's a human thing so like to me this example is what always comes to mind but Don Quixote like it's my favorite book it's this Mm -hmm. great story epic like of this hero and he goes through this crazy thing of like being a knight errant and so it's this beautiful story. And the reason why I can pick it up and this was written, you know, like fucking, uh, I think it was like 1500s or something. Oh God, it's going to, I wish I knew when it was written, but it was a long time ago, (laughs) right? Long, long, long before any of us have been born. And, Yet I'm. It's still popular. Like you know the name. Like it's still like a fucking classic because it talks about a human story. It talks about and it's funny. It's poetic, and it has all of this cleverness to it. And like and, and when it was written, it was actually like it was like a he- way ahead of its time. It's like, considered one of the first modern books. All that aside, when meaning gets lost, does it still hold up? Mm. Does it still? hold interest like if you go into the met and you look at like these egyptian sarcophagi and like you look at these things like we don't know the people we don't really know everything about these little like finger fragments that are found in pompeii of like a marble statue of like but we recognize it as something kind of interesting and Mm -hmm. unique and and there's a tenderness to it and the gesture there's Mm -hmm. there's this kind of uh calling that is a familiarness but also slightly different and and it's like you know that's what i think makes really good art good is that it's able to transcend time because it still touches our heartstrings of like what it means to be human and how we feel about ourselves and see ourselves in something that's completely alien to us and when it can do that then it can transcend time and then it can be like good art because mm-hmm. it lasts and it's still doing the same thing it was doing when it was first fucking created which is to create awe, wonder, um, inspire, and, like, you know. uh, But, yeah, I think that's what makes art art, you know, in in the two categories. And, like, Mm, you're sorry but your wine decanter pour probably won't last as long as like some of these you know great fucking things
0: what i mean it will last until we finish the bottles but so. for us
2: it'll <laughs> last it'll last for us we'll be like oh man you know like remember that time you did that oh, thing yeah. like you know mm-hmm. so like remember on a that smaller scale we were scale. trash
1: and couldn't figure out how to open a <laughs> wine bottle <laughs> I think we have one more question. We have one more burning, burning,
0: burning burning question. And it's like really deep about the art world. Super
1: philosophical question that we're going to get into. What
0: is your craziest drunk story? So I was studying
2: in Italy. I studied abroad and I was like, and I was really lonely. And so I was drinking a lot. (laughs) And I went out one night and I think it was like a holiday. I feel like it was like St. Paddy's Day or something stupid like that that only Americans would be really excited about in Italy. <laughs> and I got this, they, they, you know, they sell like normal wine bottles, but mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I'm American. I'm gonna buy a fucking giant wine bottle. I'm gonna flex on these fucking Italians. So I get this <laughs> big, what I, you know what I'm talking about? like the, the magnum yeah, size, yeah. you know? So I'm just sipping on this in a fucking club. Cause like whatever. And I'm like, just chugging it and chilling. I get so fucking drunk. That I don't remember this, but apparently I was like running around, throwing up, and I get like um, <laughs> tossed out of the, the 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 place. So I wake up and I'm like, "Where am I?" And like I, I like find my way home. I'm like super hungover. I've been throwing up all the way home, and I I live in this little Italian. Um, it's like a three. <laughs> <laughs> I live in this Italian like three story uh like apartment with the family it's like a host family and they don't mm-hmm. speak any english so they're like this sweet old couple and i'm like super hungover i crawl into bed i'm laying down i'm closing my eyes i'm this i have the spins and everything and i feel it i feel like the urge to throw up and i thought at this point i was good but i wasn't and i was so embarrassed at how drunk I was that I was like, I don't want to throw up in the bathroom because I'm going to have to like clean it up. It's going to smell. You know, when you throw Mm -hmm. up in the bathroom, it fucking smells, right? Mm -hmm. So I run to the window and I start puking out the window. (laughs) I lay back down. I'm chilling. A few moments later, I hear a knock on my door. It's like, you know, okay, here it goes. Like I'm in trouble. So my host mother's there and she's like speaking Italian really quickly and she's like pointing at the window and she's like trying to, figure out what the fuck happened and i'm like oh yeah sorry i wasn't feeling good uh, no no bene no bene <laughs> and and she's like pointing out the window i'm like oh, okay i hear you know i probably threw up on somebody's fucking car or something so i go look out the window there's like a ring of puke it's like really weird it's like the shape of a donut and it's on the sidewalk <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck so i'm like trying to figure out why the you know what the fuck happened because i'm confused Apparently, we have a downstairs neighbor. She's like an 87-year-old fucking woman. No. She's coming f- home with grocery bags no. from the from the market. And I'm just like puking out the window, and it hits her right in the fucking head. Oh. Literally nails this poor fucking Nona. Somebody's Nona in Italy just fucking gets obliterated by the nastiest of fucking just gross. So I feel terrible. I'm like... I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) I bought flowers. I wrote a card in my broken Italian. I apologized profusely. They were very generous to not like fucking murder me and like (laughs) kick me out on the street because that's what I would have done.
1: Wow. That's like a drunk story, but also like a hungover story. That sounds like a nightmare.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't really drink wine like that. That's why I guess I'm a slut. Yeah, you're <laughs> a <lot of> <laughs> slut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I lost my ho
0: ship that day.
1: Well, I think we're gonna play a game. The rules are, we ask
0: a question, you answer the question, you drink. We didn't make them up, you just have to do it. It's Ooh.
1: just the rules of liquid courage and yeah. it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm ready.
0: What is your drink of choice?
2: oh god this is gonna sound so lame but oh all right whatever um soda water with bitters and a, mm. and a lime wedge
1: mm, okay and
2: then i'll take a, to- a, a shot of tequila or
1: separately you won't put it in the soda no separately okay
2: or and i will have a shot of espresso and a beer
1: do you prefer going out or staying in Going out. If you had a superpower, what would it be?
2: If I could moonwalk indefinitely. If, like, I could just do that and, like, Wookiee sounds. Like, those would be my superpowers.
0: powers. <laughs> these are just things
2: I want to learn how to do. But, like, I would claim- These
0: are things what? that you can learn how to I do. I can, But, but like, I invisibility, have, flying, look, like, you can't.
2: I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It sounds so <laughs> stupid. But, like, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I feel like if I could do these things, just... On, like, like that, without having to learn them, I'd be cool with that. Like, okay, maybe flying, but, like, also those things.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. No, that's how, that's how I feel like yeah. women
2: look at my dating profile, like,
1: okay, that's a good one. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Left. Okay, what is your most used emoji?
2: The skull one right now. Like... <laughs> like the, as, like, I'm dead laughing. Like, the like, dead or, one, yeah. Or um, uh, the, the guy who's like, I don't know.
0: Do you have any pet peeves?
2: Yeah, I got a lot. Okay, listen, okay. here we go. So when people have jackets, like coats, and they have, like, a, a seam in the back where they open up, you know? Oh, and they yeah. don't cut it. And there's, like, a little X that's sewn, and they don't cut it, and I yeah. see that. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was your worst date ever?
2: <clears> hmm. <throat> It was in D.C. We met on a dating app. All right, so I would like try and cross the street. And like in in L.A., you don't jaywalk. But in D.C., people jaywalk because like they're normal and like it's fine. But I would like get up to the sidewalk and she would put her arm in front of me and be like, wait. And she was like, okay, it's okay to go. And it was like this weird like, oh, you're making a joke. And then it wasn't a joke. And then it was like a thing that she just did. And then she would like... (laughs) revert to this weird mommy behavior where she would like, we got in my car and she was like, trying to buckle my seat. I don't know, shit like that. What? It was just really (laughs) weird. It was like very patronizing and like, and then she was like,
0: Like you didn't know how to live your own life as like a 20 year old. And
2: then, (laughs) and then I think I was like, she asked me a question and then like started criticizing my opinions about things. It just felt like, it was just like all the things that you shouldn't do to make somebody feel like, uh, like not okay. Like, I don't know. It was just all these weird, like there was a, a whole thing where I was trying to end the date. Cause I was like clearly uncomfortable and she still wanted to continue.
1: Oh.
2: And I was like, so what are you doing later? Or what are you doing now? Like, what are you going to, do you have anything else to do? You know, like mm-hmm. hint, hint, like let's part ways. She's like, I don't know whatever you're doing. And I was like, Oh uh... no, God damn it. <laughs> Can you just get hit by that bus for a second? Like, oh my God. Oh my God. It's a thought it's not like I was gonna push her or something but like you know it was just like it was just like this feeling of like god I just want you to go away like you're so not on the same oh god oh my god how are we on the same planet at the same time with the same moment like this is not happening
0: damn Um, you probably wouldn't be able to push her in front of a bus because she'll give you the mommy. I then. know. Yeah. <laughs> she would know. She'd be like, Wait. She'd be like, What? What are you doing?
2: Yeah. Uh, if you're out there for whatever reason and listening to this, it's fine. I hope you're having a good life. I would not have pushed you in front of a bus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh I my felt
2: gosh. guilty all of a sudden. I just wanted to like, say that. Yeah, do it. Oh, I if one. you
0: didn't pursue your career, what would you be doing?
1: Oh,
2: I don't know. I think, honestly, I I'd probably be doing a lot of illegal shit. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> like seriously. Like I I don't know. Like I think like I'm already kind of prone to being like uh, anti like authoritarian and I really don't like institutions and I get in trouble because I do stupid shit. So like crime. Like, you know, like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) What career would you have? I don't know. Crime. Crime would be my career.
2: Or crime. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, like, very drawn to, like, things. I feel like artists are of that ilk. Like, we're cut from the same fabric of, like, degenerates. We're just, like, people Mm. who don't fit in and feel rejected and, therefore, find our own homes in, like, these ways that are, like, a big fuck you to, like, you know, be... Like I, I am an artist because of spite,
1: mm.
2: like flat out. Like I became an artist to be like, fuck you to my mom, fuck you to my dad, fuck you to the courts, fuck all these people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm just going to do the most reckless, stupid thing that I can do that isn't illegal. Cause like, <laughs> I didn't want to go down that path if I didn't have to, but I was, you know, I was into like selling drugs in high school and like, you mm-hmm. know, I was into like other stuff. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't know if my mom's ever going to listen to this. She knows about that, but I don't want to tell. But, like, uh, wow. I used to be a Segway tour guide. Maybe I would still be doing that.
0: <laughs> I can see this as a really good Segway tour guide. I taught Rosie
2: O'Donnell how to write a Segway.
0: Wow. Get out. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was Segway tour or doing illegal shit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh well i think we're ready to wrap it up All what right, do we good. think of this wine <laughs> oh good get me out of this fucking apartment <laughs>
0: uh,
2: uh, that's tasty it's doing the job i feel it's I feel doing weird. the
1: job for sure it's very bitter yeah it's not it's not my favorite cab not gonna lie it's like a cab blend and i feel like because it has so much cabernet i want it to be drier and it's just not doing it. it's for like me. in between yeah yeah but
2: if you had to, like, pair this with a food, what would it be? Like, you had to. Well, that's our
0: question for you. Uh, well, not food, but, like, anything. What, it, like, unconventional pairing, food pairing. Like, what would you pair this with? <laughs> bananas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, great. We <laughs> got, got like We got, got go <laughs> <with a laughs> So specific. bananas <laughs> <request> <laughs> with wine.
2: No, I was just trying to think of the worst thing you could fucking say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bananas. <laughs> very <laughs> you wild bananas it goes <laughs> great um, I think like a like a steak sandwich I, I could do like on a baguette like if it was like oh, an Argentinian okay. steaks because it's got that bitterness and it's um, it doesn't taste super uh, I think you would need something very salty and something like bread to like that crunch to absorb a lot of that kind of already um, like s- sort of Tart taste to it, mm-hmm.
0: you know. So maybe yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a great pairing. Yeah, Savannah, what would you pair
1: this with? Oh, I was gonna ask you. Be beat you to it. Um, oh, man, damn it. I was gonna think of mine <laughs> while you answered. Okay, I'll go first. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What would you pair with this wine?
0: So glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I would pair, since we're talking about art, I would pair going to mocha in Ooh. L.A. Oh.
2: You didn't tell me it was like non-food stuff. I literally, literally I literally told you. I wasn't you. listening, all right? Okay, like, well, that's not my problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would pair going to mocha because this is very dry, and going to mocha is like all this contemporary art, all these colors. It's like very bold and it would be a good, like, balance between the two. So, yeah, yeah. that's what i pair.
1: That's a good pairing. That's, that's a really a good, good pairing. pairing. Thank you. I would <laughs> pair this with a knife to cut the wax off the bottle. I don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: going to piss on pants. <laughs> you want a banana? <laughs> 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 like, damn. What is
0: going on? Just pairing right now, bananas, <laughs> knife. Should mine have been like really
1: weird too?
2: <laughs> I want an existential crisis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry guys, my pairing sucks today. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> brain dead right <laughs> now. Oh <laughs>
0: uh, well know
1: where to follow us well, at oh wait what are we Aaron, saying Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> oh, where yeah, can our, <laughs> oh yeah thank you
2: oh yeah where welcome. can our
1: followers <laughs> find you <laughs> oh, <my
2: God>. never <laughs> who oh. are you
1: forget you <laughs> yeah i'm
2: gonna be forgotten are we with all yesterday's drunk? Drunk? Trash. we finished the
1: bottle <laughs> we did finish the
2: bottle uh you can find me um <laughs> on my website or instagram i, I think Instagram's better because then i get followers and then i feel better about okay, myself Okay, what's your handle so it's the at sign Aaron, <laughs> I'm such a fucking millennial. What an idiot. Everybody no, this is what this
1: sign. part of the podcast is for. No, you're supposed to. So
2: A-A-R-O-N-M-A-I-E-R yeah. a- underscore. And then first the at sign. And then it's like a, right now it's a picture of Mr. Burns as an alien. And if you ever watch The Simpsons, and that's me. All right.
1: Wait, we'll link it in the show notes too. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. It's at Overport and Screwed,
0: And make sure to rate and review us on any podcast platform
1: and tell your friends
0: please. Yeah, please tell your friends because we need more listeners.
1: Yeah, our business coach says we need more our listeners. Our business coach really? is yelling at
0: us. Oh yeah, we got a business coach. We got a business coach. We'll tell you about. Oh, it.
1: Yeah, you were s- oh yeah, okay, sorry. Um thank you for listening guys, we love you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. <laughs>